The 4 O'Clock Football Frenzy is presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. Adam Hills here. It's Cofield. We'll get to the football here in just a couple minutes. I just wanted to follow up real quickly on that Dodger Giant series. That starts up three games. Four games. Check that. Did I say I said three earlier, didn't I? Yeah, it's four. Damn. So four games, and uh, they're what, two behind in the loss column? Uh, yeah, I think one, one back uh, overall, two in the loss column. Big, big series. I mean, the Giants, like it's, I said. I, the, I, can't, I still can't believe the Giants are here. I can't 24 either. games over 500. It's stunning. Right at this um, point. And, and they're, uh, the Giants are also a team that, you know, the Dodgers have, have dealt with injuries all year, but we know their depth. I mean, they have incredible depth, and that's one of the reasons that we expected them to, you know, win so many games and, and – you know, win the division so easily. Some of us still have the under, and I'm still worried. Still still worried about it. But, um, you know, they, they've lost more games, I think, than some people thought they might. But it's been with injuries. The Giants have dealt with them recently, and it's starting to take its toll a little bit. We'll see. I'd imagine that there'd be some – they'd be buyers uh, at the trade deadline and see what they can, you know, well, this, build up. For, for anyone who's selling pitchers, this is a massive series. If the Dodgers get freaking smoked in this thing, they lose three or four. And it shouldn't be dependent on one series, but the mood's going to change because the, the, right now is now we're seeing, hey, this is the test period. What's going to happen without Trevor Bauer for the rest of this month and maybe the rest of the season? So Gonsolin, who's got stuff, but he's never been super reliable. He's got to fill in. Uh, Price, I think, went four over the weekend. He's got to get to a point where he can go five or six, which, by the way, I'm still I still cannot get around the fact that David Price can't throw six or seven innings. That starting pitch, like, it's like it's such a long shot for starting pitchers. It's just the philosophy now that everyone outside of like the top ten guys in baseball just hits the cliff and falls after the fifth inning. But Price has to get stretched out more. Gonsolin, and then uh, it has been confirmed that Josiah Gray is in LA. He's the number two prospect in the Dodgers system, which is a pretty good system in general. He's number forty-two prospect overall, and you know, high high draft pick. Didn't have a lot of experience. But they're hoping they actually they have another good prospect. I know who's working at double A now, but someone's going to have to step up or they're going to have to go out and get another hammer to be in the mix at the top of the rotation. Yeah. And I, I mean, and by the way, Kershaw's out right now. They've also shown no hesitation to do it either. No. I mean, no. <laughs> what's our payroll? 300 million? Let's go 400. Let, what does but, it matter? Right? Yeah. Does it? Not to them. They're right. Every other club sure. that looks at it differently, like the, especially the ones, the 15 that have lots of money, and there are 15. And then the bottom of baseball, there might be three that are limited some, somewhat. But everyone can spend. And the Dodgers are like, what, what is the difference? We're going to make the money. Right. And the more we win, the more money we make. Well, if you, I mean, if you're acquiring a player at the deadline, you know, who makes, let's just say, $20 million, it's not like you're spending $20 million. You're spending like eight, whatever the, the rest of their salary is. So, um, in the end, with when you spend as much money as they do on payroll and they make as much money as they do, a couple more million here and there doesn't matter to them. All right, football time at 4 o'clock. Uh, latest NFL vaccination update, 85% threshold. Have you seen any improvement on the weekend number, which was 13 of the 32 teams have hit 85% or higher? I think we're up to, we're up to 13 now. Yeah. And so, um, good, uh, not, not great. And some of the teams were below or right around 50%. Certainly not good. Um, it's it's a long way to go. It's certainly a work in progress. I do feel like 
as much as we're we are talking about it, we know about it, we've seen the regulations and everything else. I think once players get to camp and realize how different it's yep. going to be for them, and I still have to verify this. I don't know if it's one hundred percent true. We'll see. Like I think they're going to be identified by different like different uh, wristbands at, at training camp. Oh, really? So we'll be able to say, okay, he is and he isn't, and and you know the protocols are different, so you'll be able to tell who is and who isn't. But if they make it really easy, do you know that uh, when they're working on the field, will they will unvaccinated have to wear masks? I don't think that, so. That would seem to be a bit intrusive. Sure. Um, bit, bit bit limiting we, unless I you're mean, training for an MMA fight. Yeah, we won't be in the locker room, but like they won't be able to eat lunch with the, with the players that are vaccinated. Which is, it's it is it's it's a shame thing. It is like it's a little weird, it's silly. Yeah. But this is the rules, and this is what you agreed to by not getting vaccinated. But I do feel like there's going to be not like a mad rush because there's a certain amount of people you, you're they're just never gonna do it anyway. But I think some players that maybe are like, ah, I don't think I'm gonna do it. You go to camp, you see how different it is for you, and you see how different it is for your team. If you don't get to the 85%, and I'm like, I, I think some people, people will be like, okay, I'm going. I'm getting it. There'll be, I think there's going to be a rush, and by the third week in August, it'll get to three-quarters of the league. So yeah. it'll, it'll get to 24, and then we'll see. From there, we found out late last week that there were four that – well, we knew the four at the bottom. There were a couple below 50%, but some of the teams at the bottom were the Cardinals and the Chargers. Who, who, who are the other two teams I'm missing? Uh, Colts. Colts were one of them. And football team. And football team. Those were the four that had the lowest numbers. And we don't know all 13 that are good to go and sure. can operate mostly normally above 85%. Um, clearly, the Cowboys are not one of them because Michael Irvin decided to give his opinion, uh, frankly, a political stance. Uh, it's not. What? It's not. Are you sure? No, I'm positive. Okay. Michael Irvin talking about the Cowboys. He's pissed. Should be. He's pissed. Uh, he was talking to the Dallas chapter of merging vets and players. That's the Jake Glazer couture thing. Sure. Right? Where they've got veterans and, and uh, current former players. He said of the Cowboys, uh, it should upset them. It should upset them. Dude, you're not thinking right. You're not thinking right. Whatever you got, I don't give a damn. Nothing else can be more important. You're not going to get this winning a Super Bowl thing easily. Nothing else could be more important. He says it again. Nothing else could be more important. So he's saying the players who are holding the Cowboys back, who aren't vaccinated, damn you. Yeah. And I think Do you care about winning. And basically and that's what we've been saying since the beginning. This is not a this is not an issue of of you know it is an issue of getting vaccinated and vaccinations and public health and all those things. But in terms of the NFL, it's an issue of competitive advantage. We've we've been saying that since the rules came out and since the announcements were made and everything else. Uh, I will say uh, the uh, anti-vaxxer in chief just has questions. Cole Beasley just have questions. That's all. I'm not. I'm not. A, the, I'm not anti-vax. Bills, the Bills wide receiver. Not anti-vax. Just have questions. Uh, There's a pro football talk story on the Michael Irvin statement. Uh, it says headline: Michael Irvin, if you're unvaccinated, that means you don't want to win badly enough. Which is what he said. Yeah, he said, uh, Irvin, uh, following up with, if you're not one of the teams at the threshold, are you really thinking about winning a championship? Yeah. And, yes, it's a competitive advantage thing. And so that headline, if you're not vaccinated, that means you don't want to win badly enough. Cole Beasley retweeted that and said, it's not what that means. You can be vaccinated and not do all the right things football-wise to be at your best. <laughs> Nobody's arguing that. Nobody's arguing 
that there's guys that are vaccinated that don't, you know, bust their butts on the field. Of course that's true. But this is one part of, for right now, if you want to be competitive in the NFL, if you want to, to maximize uh, your abilities to, you know, function as a full team and do everything that it's going to take to try to win a Super Bowl, one of the things you probably have to do is get vaccinated. It's part, it's part of the process right now under the rules of the league of trying to win as a team. Yeah, but you know uh, a majority of people who are not are kind of dug in. So I'm assuming Beasley's not going to do it, and hopefully the rest of his teammates pick him up and they get beyond 85%. Now, he'll still be limited yeah. on the road, but you know maybe it won't be freaking 15 guys who are limited or maybe it'll only be six. Yeah. And, and, you know, maybe Cole Beasley doesn't want to eat lunch with his teammates. Maybe he doesn't want to be in the meeting rooms with his teammates. And, the, and here's the thing. The flip side of it is uh, you could also say maybe there, maybe it won't create a problem because the entire team went through it a year ago. <laughs> yeah. So they've already gone through this and they found a way to exist uh, under, you know, COVID precautions, COVID protocol. And if there's 12 guys, who want to fight for freedom and are, are worried about science, then we'll just deal with it. Sure. I'm, just, I'm just telling you that if if it makes things complicated at all and you're losing, it's one of those things that people will turn to and go, this is crap. Of course. Of course. And we're, we're seeing it in baseball where there's some teams out there that have struggled getting to the baseball threshold and some of them have not played well. That's absolutely true. And like, I don't know what's going on. In the, I, I can Well, the Yankee situation is bizarro. Because they've had two outbreaks, and some of them were fully vaccinated. I don't. I haven't seen any confirmation on Aaron Judge if he's the one who started this latest run and he's not vaccinated. I have no idea. But it seems like when we've had a couple of outbreaks, there's been like one unvaccinated player and several vaccinated. And when there's an, when there's breakthrough cases, usually it's because one person who's unvaccinated gets it, and then it's you know strong enough in the variant to to pass on to the players that are vaccinated and gets around the, the vaccine. So it's, that's why there's it's important to have community vaccination and not just individual vaccinations. Young Way Koo, my favorite Jersey guy. New Jersey guy, kicker from Georgia Southern. Had a cup of coffee, kind of blew a couple of games with the Chargers when he was first trying to come spilled, in the league. Spilled some coffee. Yeah. Well, he's got problems of his own. His car was stolen over the weekend. Well, does he care about the car, though? Uh, Jeep Grand Cherokee comes out. It's no longer parked where he left it. He said, uh, MFs stole my Jeep. Shake my head. Then he also said, can you just bring back my cleats, though? <laughs> I won't even be mad, bro. Just bring all my cleats back so I can go kick. So, so sad. <laughs> like, I just want to kick. I don't. These are the cleats I've worn. It. I've you know I've broken them in. I'm comfortable. Well, have you had them. your car robbed before? Not the actual, not the entire car, but the inside. Yeah. Right. I've had mine rummaged through and stuff taken. You know what the insurance company says to you? No sucks. dice. Yeah, sucks. Tough luck. I, no, I, nothing. Nothing in the car is insured. Sorry. So actually, he knows he'll get the money or get a new, you know, Grand Cherokee. But the shoes. I don't even think it's the money for the shoes, though. It's like you have, especially as a kicker, like you're so yep. comfortable in your shoes and they're broken in just how you want them and uh, they fit perfectly and everything that you want to get with them. And that's that's why he's upset, which I understand. I have told the story, I think, on the air before, but I'll, I'll say it again. I had uh, I had a computer bag in my back seat 
in my driveway at home. Somebody broke the window, took the bag, took off. I, I keep, God, I can't believe I'll say it. I keep like my entire life in my computer bag. Uh-huh. So that sucked. I had so much important stuff in there. It sucked. So I was like, man, this, this is awful. So I went, repaired the window, got a new computer bag, but I didn't buy a computer yet. Put the computer bag in the back seat. Somebody broke my window, stole the computer bag again, but it was an empty bag. Nice. <laughs> like back to back days. No, it wasn't day. It was like two or three days apart. But uh, yeah, back to back. Keep the computer bag in the back seat. Gone. So that doesn't happen anymore. You and I have both had our car broken into, rummaged through, stuff taken twice. Because I had it happen two times as well. well. I've had it like four now, but that was oh, really? twi- twice in three days. <laughs> Yeah, my entire life is not in the car. I've kind of learned over the years, don't keep your entire life in the car. Well, that one did teach me. But on on the coup point, yes, yeah, so a, a piece of equipment like that, that's kind of important for a kicker. <laughs> you think? Yeah, you need your shoes. Do you fade the Falcons now early in the season? Like his shoes won't be broken in. A couple of games that you know are decided by field goals or field goal. And you're like, eh, I'm going to go against the Falcons. I think you Kicker's the, all jacked up now. I think he gets his shoes back. You do? Yeah. Did you ever get anything back? No. God, no. I had, you're going to like this one. I had my car rummaged through, stuff taken. They actually came back and chucked my wallet with everything in it over a wall near my house. Near your house? Yeah. How did you find it from there? It was on the street. (laughs) I swear, I came home like two days later. Two days after the car had been broken into. I may have just left it open. Um, They just chucked the wallet. And actually, I think some of the stuff was strewn on the ground. But I lived on a cul-de-sac, so I never, never came back there. So the wallet's just sitting there. I'm like, oh, that was nice. Thanks huh? for taking my stuff, but at least give me my wallet back. So I don't have to go through all the trouble. Was there cash taken? I know. I don't keep any cash in the wallet. Neither do I. Yeah. That's interesting. What did, what did they want? If they did, uh, that's, yeah, it's probably, There was that's probably weird. a computer in the back or who knows. So are we sure Young Haku got his car stolen? Did, maybe he just forgot where he parked it? Or he maybe just left it open. Because that's the other thing. We, we do know. Uh, that happens, but we also, to your point, we do know someone who forgot where their car was parked, yeah, and it was gone for what eight months. Yeah, they went through the whole process to recoup things, and then did security find it or did he stumble upon it? I think Metro found it. Metro found it eventually. Yeah, yeah. he forgot where it was in an employee parking garage. He forgot where it was. Yeah, he forgot. He, I mean, it's one know. of the classic stories. That is that is a classic Vegas story, but from someone who lives here. Right. Like you do that. You're you're used to Vegas, but you went so hard you forgot what property you parked your car at. And you know, may have not been thinking straight when you actually parked your car because you parked it in an employee garage instead that of too. the self-parking. Yep. I wonder did he say afterwards, like, I don't know why I did that. I don't know why I went to employee parking. But we know why he did that. Yeah. <laughs> Shouldn't have been driving. Wha- wha- whackage. <laughs> All right, on the way back, we gotta get into uh man, some of the NFL previews are coming out and they're not kind to the Raiders. They are not, boy, they're, 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 they're getting hit hard on a lot of fronts. We'll get to the, again, the recurring theme that is going to be training camp and also beginning of the season. That is the overhaul of the offensive line. Right now, caller 11, 364-1100, You get to win a great prize pack from Port of Subs. You get a, two Port of Subs All-American combos, the turkey, the ham, the bacon, provolone, and a pepperoncini, pepper jack bread. Woo, that sounds good. All grilled to perfection. Get the choice of chips and a drink. It's lunch for two. Porta Subs All American Combo. 364 1100. Talk to Ari and you're in. 
Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. It's Cofield and Company, live from the Finley Toyota Studio on ESPN Las Vegas. Yeah, it's funny how fast a lot of July, check that, June and July, fly by because for a little while we're like ah football's not gonna be here it's gonna be a while and now we're here because all the football stories that we kind of put on hold because you're like ah nothing's gonna develop well now it's time to check back in like we'll we'll find out soon what's going on with Aaron Rodgers Deshaun Watson has gotten quiet but that's a massive situation is he going to be around this season is there going to be a decision sometime soon on all these allegations, what's going to happen with this guy? You're talking about a top five quarterback in the National Football League completely in limbo. Yeah, and it, it could change a lot of the season. And, um, you know, I was reading uh, some stuff yesterday about, um, you know, the Broncos and, you know, how there's not a whole lot of optimism about their their future, even though they've got a great roster because of Drew Locke and the, the uncertainties there. And then it's like, well, that's where Deshaun Watson wants to go. So it could change – I mean, depending on when he can play, if you said he'd miss the first four games or six games or eight games and you're the Broncos, you're like, well, we could tread water for the first half of the season and become the best team in the league by adding him second half. Who knows if he could jump in there and, you know, and learn and, and be able to, to actually play right away. But it's a, you know, it Adam, does change it's also, the power structure. It's also super complicated. If he does get any kind of suspension, if this case is settled and he gets any kind of suspension from the NFL, you think everyone in whatever market – tries to get him, is going to be like, yep, cool, bring him in. As soon as the suspension ends, play him. I mean, this is a this is a thorny deal. Uh, Albert Breer, NFL Insider, was on today with Dan Patrick and started talking, you know, we're here. Like, we, the decision has to be made soon with Deshaun Watson. I've been asked a lot, like, will he play in 2021? I think there's a possibility, and there's a good chance he plays in 2021. I do not think he'll be playing for any team in, uh, in week one. And this is regardless of what happens in court. Um, because, you know, I think it's gotten to the point where the commissioner can say, you put yourself in a bad spot, and in turn, that put the league in a bad spot. Okay, that's that's a dangerous thing about Raj, about Cardell and the NFL. They still have judge, jury, and executioner rights. Now, Albert Breer started out by saying, 2021, there's a possibility he's going to play. There's a good chance he's going to play. There's no way he's playing in week one. You brought negative publicity. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Did you hear the same thing? Yeah. There's a possibility, there's a good chance, but he's not playing in week one. So you're saying there's going to be some sort of timeline that maybe doesn't play the first four weeks or first eight weeks, but he'll play. He's going to play for who? The Texans? Or he's going to be dealt, and like I said, the next city's going to be like, yep, come on in. Texans have a starting quarterback. Uh, no, I don't think he's going to be playing for the Texans. I, I, I agree with you that the Texans have prepped themselves to move on by bringing in your guy to Rod Taylor and then, you know, drafting a quarterback and who, who's the other experienced quarterback they brought in another, another backup. Um, but I just, I don't see this, like he just moves to another team instantly with no problems. If he serves a suspension. Well, it's also, it's also not realistic as much as I think Deshaun Watson is amazing. I think he's the third best quarterback in the league uh, behind Mahomes and Rogers. Like, as good as I think he is, 
it's also completely unrealistic to expect that he could just go somewhere. Even if the league was like, right. I already comply. Well, he doesn't know the plays, doesn't know the playbook, doesn't know the players, hasn't been on the field. You're just going to throw a quarterback in with no offseason prep at all? And at least last year when we, we always said there's no offseason, there was still, you still had the playbook and you still got to sit in virtual meetings and in Zooms and all those other things. He would just be like, all right, uh, you're on the Broncos now. Well, what do we run? What, what kind of system do we have? Well, I, don't, I don't know. Just go throw the ball to somebody. Right? It doesn't work like that in the NFL. As good as I think he is, it doesn't work that way. Tyrod, Jeff Driscoll. That's right. Davis Mills. We know the starter. It's Tyrod, obviously. Relax. <laughs> we do. Clearly. But I wouldn't don't be uh, don't be all confident that all of a sudden this is going to be a, a competent team. So Breer goes on to he follows up on well because you heard him say if there's a settlement, well you you still brought a bad look upon the league. But there's a settlement again. Like what's your role if the justice system decides something and there's a, and then it's it's ended in a settlement? What is Raj? What right does he have? And what is he basing it on? Well, why would what is he basing a suspension on? You brought negative publicity to the NFL, which is basically the grounds for suspending Ben Roethlisberger in 2010. The Ben Roethlisberger case becomes the precedent. And they say, all right, like we're going to take you off the field for eight games. And if you hit certain conditions, it goes down to six or six games. And with certain conditions, it goes down to four. Okay. I know you don't want me doing it anymore, but no, <laughs> six games. Oh, the six games, yeah. It's six games. Uh, automatic six games. It's automatic. Well, you know my problem here. You know, you brought... You brought shame. You, you brought, brought shame, shame to the, the NFL league. for what could be illegal prostitution. Right? Now, the charges are much higher than that. The, there are women saying they were assaulted. Bobby Kraft? Exactly. <laughs> Was that was there no shame brought upon brought upon the league? He wasn't suspended, and you're right. Was there not shame brought up, brought upon the league? <laughs> I mean, we mocked we mocked that situation for months. Now, right now, what the allegations are worse for Deshaun Watson, of course. But there, it is it's still a very weird deal in the NFL. If uh, and it's gonna we're gonna have Uzi Gate as well, Frank Clark. You know that could all be settled. Frank Clark and, may be in jail, and then but it, but it might be just pled down to nothing. Sure. And then the NFL is going to step in like, we don't approve of Uzis. <laughs> You've brought shame upon our league. And then they will be setting themselves up for what? Hypocrisy down the road and inconsistency down the road. There'll be another gun charge. That time it won't be an Uzi. Right? And then now the NFL is into ranking guns. It's almost like the NFL shouldn't be in this business. <laughs> right? They absolutely should not. It's ridiculous. It's okay. Silly. So here's now, like we just said, we're catching up on situations that we've put to kind of on pause to sleep for like the last five, six weeks. So what's happening here is we come out with training camp, you know, like 10 days away, right? Training camp is what next week? Yeah. 27th is the first, like first practices for the Rangers. Okay. So we're here. Some teams are sooner, by the way, if you're, if you're in the hall of fame game, you're sooner. So, so like we're, tomorrow. Yeah. We're, I mean, we're here. Um, so that means NFL previews are here. God, everything I see ranking something in the NFL, the Raiders are just getting smashed. Awful. Not Derek Carr. Although there was a story last week said Derek Carr is in for a, a big tumble backwards because of the offensive line. Oh, boy. By the way, did you get to – you uh, You listened to that whole uh, Lindsey Rhodes. I was going to call her Lindsey Soto. Listened? I transcribed it. Yeah, Lindsey Rhodes with uh, GM Mike Mayock for the Raiders. 
Yeah, when Mike Mack talked about how he used to hitchhike home from practice every day when he was a kid. She was blown away. <laughs> she was blown away. He's a little older. And you were you listening to it? Yeah. When his like one day he got picked up by a hitch, he was hitchhiking, got picked up, and the the he's like looking over and the guy is just drinking in the in the driver's seat as he drives him. And he's like, What is this? And he turns out it's like his uncle that he hadn't seen in years. It's a great story. I just thought she was blown away by the fact that, you know, people used to hitchhike. I, I think my father and all my uncles did. Not every day. It seemed crazy. Yeah. People just hitchhiked all the time. What uh, kind of world are we living in? My father, I don't even know how far it was. Probably, maybe it was like eight miles away, his high school, from where he grew up. Okay. I think he hitchhiked all the time. Wow. Well, I, I know that, like, my dad was a, a long-haul hitchhiker. Really? Like I was, yeah. Oh, yeah. Why did I say really? Like, that surprised me about Kurt. Oh, yeah. That's, I your, mean, I'm surprised dad. he does it now. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. Uh, so here's the portion of that podcast. If you didn't hear it, uh, there was a lot of a lot of good old stories, and they worked together. And then Lindsey Rhodes gets into the, hey, here's this is the topic of the offseason for the Raiders. Why'd you blow up the offensive line? I think that's been my biggest question here because it felt like it was an area of strength on your team. Um, and then it it appeared that maybe you guys didn't think so. No, it's not that. I know people were were kind of like, wow, you know, why'd they do that? I don't feel like we took a step back. We wouldn't have made that move if if we felt that. To stay healthy in this league, you've got to continually churn your roster. And you have to make some decisions that aren't easy. And as a matter of fact, I talk all the time about you got to make the right decision for the building. Okay. I mean, I think that one is Trent Brown. And sure. then he went on to talk repeatedly about, hey, we thought, you know, Jackson and Hudson were kind of on that edge. And, you know, we got picks for them. We saved a lot of money. We saved, uh, as he said it, you know, so upwards of like $34 million. Should, so you, should, you, get, you get the mindset. Well, what, what, this wasn't willy-nilly. He said, you know, between Hudson and Jackson, you had two guys making a combined $20 million that were on the wrong side of 30, and you'd rather get rid of them a year early than a year late, which he said that is the key to success for teams in the NFL is getting rid of guys a year early rather than a year late, and he thought they were doing that with those two guys who were still playing at a high level, but you never know when they're going to hit that cliff. And with Trent Brown, he basically said, the guy's one of the best offensive tackles in the league. When he's available, he was never available. And now... The linchpin in this whole thing, like Leatherwoods, that's that's a that's a big story. But Hudson, even though he declined a little bit, you're still talking about, you know, one of the better centers in the league. Andre James is now the guy. Uh, pro Football Focus ranking centers around the NFL. Uh, the Raiders have the number 32 starting center. How many teams? There's got to be like 70, 80 teams. PFF and a lot of it's based on experience, so you get it. They say he's the worst starting center in the NFL. That's not good. Here's what Mayock says. We signed a guy in college free agency three years ago named Andre James, who was a tackle at UCLA. We moved him inside. Rodney missed a, uh, a game and a half two years ago, and Andre stepped in and played pretty well. And he's gotten better every day in practice. He's smart. He's tough. He cares. We believe he can be a starting center in this league and play at a very high level. And we were able to, to take that and leverage and say, okay, we're going to move Rodney and we got a third round pick back for Rodney. Okay. And save $10 million. There you go. So he's confident in Andre James. PFF, not so much because there's not a lot of data on him. But I know you explained to me in the past that, you know, while other guys were sitting out an awful lot uh, from practice, 
that James James did get to show them over the years in practice, something they can believe in. Yeah, they have confidence in him. Um, that doesn't mean he's going to be great. Doesn't mean he's going to step right in and be amazing. But they've got confidence in him, and that's part of the reason they thought they could make this move. But it's a process, and you know, the experience in the you know on practice and and trying to get ready is different than actually being ready and and showing it on the field. Want to be part of the show? Tweet at Steve Cofield or call 702-364-1100. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. I don't care if the sun don't shine. I do my drinking in the evening time when I'm in Las Vegas. You can sit in the sun and camp. I get my color from a sunray lamp when I'm in Las Vegas. All right, here we go. Monday edition of the Fat Pack. Dino with his Vegas song. We'll get to uh, we'll get to some of the lyrics in that song that are pretty interesting. But we do have some breaking news in the National Football League. You know, we were just talking about the uh, Raiders and the all-season changes and Andre James coming out as a PFS number 32 center in the National Football League. The offensive line is going to be sliced and diced uh, through the really throughout the whole season. Certainly, it's going to be a focal point of the preseason as you got a lot of new guys and a lot of guys who were utility guys, backups. They're going to have to step up. And, you know, one of the reasons Derek Carr has been a good numbers guy it's because he had a good offensive line. They've had a pretty productive running game because they had a good offensive line. Hey, this is what you do, you know? Good front offices do make changes. Now, here's the thing. Uh, a lot of people don't look at the Raiders as a good front office, so they're really on the griddle here for making changes. Well, they might have a leadership void for a little while here because you seem blown away by this, which usually if uh, I can tell immediately on a breaking news story locally, if you'd heard whispers about it, maybe you're throwing me off. But we just get the news in that uh, Mark Bedane, who has been, you know, the number two, the guy running the franchise next to Mark Davis, has resigned? Crazy. Okay. I was definitely surprised. Um, yeah. And I don't know yet. I haven't heard anything. Um actually haven't checked my phone as we're sitting here. So maybe <laughs> there's something on my phone from somebody. Um, yeah, I don't – it's a it's a crazy one. I mean, Mark Bedane obviously very instrumental in uh, the role of – getting Legion Stadium built, the kind of the point person for the Raiders and coming to Las Vegas. And um, he's been kind of front and center on everything that they've done here. Uh, he's been the you know public-facing face, really, uh, of the organization. So pretty surprising to me. Uh, I hadn't heard anything. Yeah. So we'll see if there's, you know, another job in his future or what he might, what he might be doing. But, uh, yeah, pretty weird. Well, one, I hope everything's okay. Sure. I hope it's not like health issues or something, you know, catastrophic. Um, on the other side, I would kind of joke because we were going to talk about it later. I mean, I hope, you know, he didn't take the uh, parking fiasco at the Garth concert this badly. <laughs> like, <laughs> it wasn't good, but was a mess. you don't well, quit. No, I don't think that did so it. I don't think that is it. Uh, Mark Davis sent out a note, said, Today I've accepted Mark Bedane's resignation as president of the Las Vegas Raiders. Mark has been an integral part of the Raiders family for 30 years, rising from a training camp driver. To the president of the entire organization, his efforts in helping build the most magnificent, uh, magnificent stadium in the in sports and entertainment, whatever, uh, will never be forgotten. I wish Mark, his wife Amy, daughter 
uh, Ali, Sons, Bernie, and Zach all the best in whatever the future holds. Once a Raider, always a Raider. And those guys, are the, they have, they've always had a real good relationship, right? Have you ever oh, had yeah. any whiff of like, you know, any problems or anything like that? No, no. Bedane's been, you know, right there with him. And he's, like I said, he's been the kind of the, the, the outward facing, the public face of a lot of the organization, a lot of stuff they've done with the stadium. He's, he's everywhere. He's always been on top of it. And as far as I know, had a great relationship. And so. I, I botched the line talking about the stadium, but you know, if he's given a lot of credit for getting the stadium done and the terms done, then yeah, he wasn't valuable. <laughs> yes. He's a Raiders hall of famer because they got the best stadium deal in the history of the national football league. And one that now is going to, you know, screw up all leagues mentally. Cause I think all leagues are going to be like, Hey, Vegas could do it. Look at the deal. But got, Look at the deal I mean, Mark Davis got. Look what look the A's are looking right across the hallway up in the Coliseum and like, oh, wait, they got what there? Oh, Vegas? Let's go. Yep. All right. Well, we'll follow up on it. We'll see what's going on. But the Raiders, uh, Raiders president Mark Bedane has resigned, and uh, that was on the heels of a, a smaller retirement uh, end of last week with Kirby Wilson, the running backs coach. Moving on. There's a lot going on. It's like it's supposed to be the dead week yeah, right? for, for the NFL. Like everybody's on vacation taking their last trips before training camp. Never a dead week in the NFL. We know that. Let me do a little fat pack here. And for folks who haven't heard of the fat pack, we talk food. We talk lifestyle. We'll talk clothing because Adam and I are always very Natalie attired. You know, the rat pack guys were kind of top of the heap on that stuff. The We're trendsetters. As cool as it gets. Sure. Um, it's funny. Someone the other day was asking... And I get involved in these conversations and I'm like, I, this is not really a conversation that I normally have because I'm not a big music person. So we were out on Saturday night and some they, they started up a conversation. Um, they started up a conversation and they were saying, uh, what musician passed, passed, you know, deceased. Right. Would you want to go see? Right. And they're all, they're all naming different people. I'm like, I would go see Sinatra, but I'd want to see him at, you know, the Sands or like at, you know, playing a late night lounge at the Sahara or something. I think it would, <laughs> that whole scene, wouldn't it be of like course. to know who he is, know who they are. 2021, you get to go back and see the way things were. It would be awesome. Like, and that, that song we just played coming back, play a little portion of it here. Just like it's plus the, the, the verbiage in the song, you know, kind of the sense of humor back then was a little bit different. Everyone's so sensitive now. Next time I come, I'll bring my wife. I'll do that. If I lose my mind, a wife in Vegas, take my advice. It's like going to China with a sack of rice. But I okay. So he said he's going to bring his wife to Vegas if he loses his mind. And then bringing a wife to Vegas is like going to China with rice. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you, I love it. Can you be more like there's no need to have a wife here? Uh, this is doing time. Yeah. And this I'm, is side piece time. I mean, so. And the song fits exactly what I'm going to say here, but like when you say what musician would you like to see, like yeah, obviously I'd like to go see Tupac or like Biggie or something yeah, like yeah. that. That'd be great. Yep. But I think the choice that you're making makes a lot of sense in that I I just want to see the era. Like I want to yeah. I don't like I wouldn't want to see Sinatra. Like I don't want Sinatra like at the whatever. I'm not. I'll, I won't rip on like a, a venue, like a cool venue, like the Coliseum at Caesars. Yeah, that'd be cool. Oh, and it, but I'd rather see him yeah. like a showroom at the old Las Vegas Hilton or yep. something like that. Yep, it'd be it'd be awesome. Because everything going outside and everything, everybody around, all that stuff, like that'd be amazing. Yeah, I don't know about Dean Martin's comment about the wife, though. It's kind of accurate, a little, little shaky. It's accurate, a little shaky. It's also what Vegas was, right? And I think it, it still was. kind of is, and 
tries to embrace that a little bit, but we know that's what the you know in the past that's what people that's that's what people saw Vegas as a place to get away from your family and just you know be be an old school you know for better or worse. I think there's a lot of negatives to that too, but just an old school guy. Ben Zobrist, if he I know uh, baseball player, former baseball player. I don't know what he's doing now, but. Um, Remember there was something weird going on with him where he took a, uh, a leave of absence? He was yeah. having marital issues. Well, it's kind of come out what was going on. Oh, boy. Well, he's he's uh, working on getting divorced from his wife, Juliana. Okay. He's claiming, and I don't think she's really fighting it because in the deposition she admitted it. Um, she was doinking the couple's former marriage counselor and pastor. Byron Yawn. Okay. Is that is that grounds for divorce? But here's the here's the crazy thing about what she's asking for. She says that Zobrist was quote guilty of failing to preserve marital assets. She is mad because he took the leave of absence instead of playing baseball and making the money. All right, that's awesome. And I now, love the and now, you ready for this one? She wants the money he was supposed to make. She wants half of that too. He passed on $8 million to save his marriage. And she's like, yeah, I want 4 million. Talk about throwing your sack on the table. Like some big ones by Zobra's wife, Juliana. I mean, I, I want to see how this plays out. I'd like to you see how- You caused me to take a leave of absence by doinking the pastor you admitted you're with him, and now she's with him, but you want the four mil that I didn't make because I tried to stay away from baseball. What? I love the claim. I love the effort. I love the claim. I mean, lawyers are awesome. I love them. Go, yeah, I got, go, go for it all. Sure. All I, they can do is say no. I have to imagine. I was going to make a ruling. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't taken this class in the Justin Watkins School of no. uh, Law yet, so I don't know. I would imagine that the, the judge would be like, well, he, he did it. I don't know. I just thought about it. I said, no, maybe, maybe that's true. By the way, the uh, she Zob- could say you already knew this was over. Like you, you knew I was oh, sleeping with you. Why would you do that? How vicious would the, would that be in court? Like, oh. How stupid are you? I mean, it's already vicious. No, but I mean, <laughs> if you went that level, you, you're a dumbass. Just play baseball. You knew it was over. I'm doinking the pastor. I, I couldn't tell you any more clearly. You idiots. I feel like that's going to happen. Zobra's breaking. Like down. I don't think it. I don't think that's far fetched. I don't think it's like a, a hypothetical situation. I see this happening. Uh, Zobra's is actually suing the pastor for six million dollars in a separate case. He says for intentional infliction of emotional distress and defrauding the Zobra's charity. Uh, this the wife. She all- gonna get half of that too? Yeah, I know. Uh, the wife also says uh, that she fell in love with the pastor in late 2018. She threw a retirement party for this guy. Uh, at the Zobras farm and paid nearly $30,000 for it. And uh, Ben Zobras says, hey, that was an account I didn't even know about. So she basically stole $30,000 to throw a retirement party for this guy that she side to. So he should get at least that 30000 back before he has to pay the the baseball, the, the money he lost out from playing, not playing you baseball. Would think. I I don't see a jury of peers giving him the four, giving her the four of $8 million that he was supposed to make. But bold move, Cotton. I love it. I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm eagerly anticipating. And I imagine this will be, if not already, 
there's if not if not already like a some sort of famous cases i'm sure this will be the kind of thing that gets taught in law schools this is like a this is a this is certainly a precedent setting type case although i'm saying that knowing maybe there already is maybe we already have some stuff out there we'll find out from justin watkins our uh, espn las vegas legal insider that'll be on uh wednesday all right, football media days are back. Last week was the Big 12. SEC's rolling out. They're doing freaking four days. We'll talk about uh, the SEC and the overwhelming odds favoring Alabama. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. You're listening to Cofield & Company. What? No way! Live from the Finley Toyota Studio. so weird because i'm used to you guys telling me how much i suck man this feels pretty good Adam Hill, so excited. So excited. I didn't think it was going to happen. John Cena's back. I mean, SummerSlam here in Vegas. John Cena will be there. Didn't we, didn't we guarantee this? Uh, you did. I didn't believe your sources, okay. though, at the time. That was a couple weeks ago. I don't believe you have good wrestling sources. so I had to see it to believe it. So yesterday, I saw it, and I, I cheered. Was it yes? I don't know what it was. I was going to try to make up a whole thing that I cheered. Does he still I do cried. that? He still does that? What? The yes thing? Was that his? No, it wasn't no, somebody him. else. Okay. No, that I thought him. that's what you were saying. No, 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 okay. no. Same that was, so, coming back. That, that was the Daniel Bryan guy. Yes, yeah. Or I, Brian Daniels. I think his real name was Brian Danielson. Maybe he's Daniel Bryan. What are you doing? I don't know. You're I just you're just digging a hole deeper and deeper. I know. I know nothing about wrestling. Well, you're covering the event, right? I guaranteed that John Cena was going to be there. You're the combat sports writer at the RJ. You're covering SummerSlam. I'm not the acting writer. I don't review performances. Oh, wow. You're going to do that to one of our big events? You're going to rip on it? Try to take away from the fun le- event. legitimacy of the WWE? It's a fun event. I'm sure I'll be Didn't there. Didn't you talk to one of the bosses a couple weeks ago? Didn't the, that gain you a whole new level of respect? Uh, the boss. Okay. Well, actually, Vince, Vince is the boss. Right. So then why are you being a smartass about acting and... That's what it is. Okay. He he didn't sway you? No. What was that cat's name again? Uh, Nick Khan. Nick Khan, okay. Yeah. Good dude. Vegas guy. Yeah. Loved him. Doesn't mean I'm gonna have to watch his event. You're not covering it. I mean, I'll, I think I'll be there. I don't think I'm covering it. Are you gonna be there? What am I gonna write it like it's a sporting event? Yeah, why not? Well, now I'm now I'm in. Now I'm like, I, they're like, ah, oh, you got to come see. I'm like, okay, I, I guess. I'll you watch it. you can hang out with uh, Mr. Vegas, Arash, I'm sure he'll McKin- be McKinnell will be all over it. McKinnell will be on press row wherever that is. I thought Mark Bedane was gonna be. there. Yeah, well, we got breaking news that Mark Bedane has resigned, president of the Raiders. So still tracking down. Maybe he's going to WWE. You got anything? Anything? Any updates? I'm waiting for text back. Okay, it's a crazy day. This one you did not expect at all. No. In fact, what was I? I just said earlier in the show I was going to go see Space Jam tonight, be at the movie theater for the first time in two years. Guess that's not happening. Well, you have to go. We're doing a full review tomorrow. That's kind of your show homework assignment. Right, well, I'll watch on HBO instead. So you miss out on the theater experience, but HBO Max will will have to do. Sure. Do you have Max? Of course. Come on. Oh, look at you. The curb. Oh, okay. We're going to have to have a real discussion about Peacock. 
I, I just I was just annoyed because I was looking through my bank statement uh, online or like earlier today. Are you triple charge for it? No, but I like every time the payment comes up, I'm like, oh god, just to watch the. Office. I have a feeling Peacock is going to be a problem for a lot of people for the Olympics. Not for me. I'm in. Well, you you bought it before you could even get it. I know. Don't you have like a lifetime subscription that's locked in? Apparently not. I just got charged again, so apparently I had to yeah, renew. These services, man. You know, it. I mean, we've this is so hack. We've done it so many times, but the 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 continuous charges and like things you get charged for. You're like, I got a massive, a massive fee. I, I think I might have even said this, and it happened again, and I still haven't. A massive charge that I saw on my card today for the Des Moines Register. Yep, I know. And you know why I have it? Because of the Otzelberger search. Yep. And for some reason, I got this. Yeah, but who are you mad at? Myself. Okay. No, actually them, because it is impossible to cancel. Yep. Impossible. Do you want to go down this rabbit hole? In fact, you go to the you go to the site, yeah. and you're like, where's the cancel button? Oh, there's not one? I know. And it literally says right on there, uh, in order to cancel, you must call. I told you it was the same thing. You're like, the Fresno, Fresno B was the same thing. I'm going to be on the and, phone for 10 uh, hours. I, I, I signed up. I needed to read a couple of stories about Fresno basketball, and it was like $2 for the month, and then I, I think I got charged like $45. Uh, I'll say mine was what one, are you in? I think it was $1 for two or three months, whatever, however now long what? it's been, and then $89.99. The whole year? I have no idea, but I imagine can charge $89.99. Imagine if that's a month? Yeah, per month. <laughs> Probably six months. Well, the newspaper business has oh. uh, been reinvigorated. By the way, while we're, while we're discussing this, subscribe to the RJ, please. Support local journalism. <laughs> I do. I'm sure, but it's very easy to cancel. I, well, I don't know if it is. I think it is actually, but I I think you might have to call. I got to hook on all these. That's infuriating. Yep. Be you have to what, call to sign up. No. Be, be, yeah, of course. No, that the <laughs> sign up is the easiest process ever. But getting out of it, forget about it. All right, five o'clock hours on the way. We got to get to. Uh, you know, I think in the market, people are very much pumped the brakes on this thing. But there's talk about this all net arena again. The uh, Wet and Wild project that Jackie Robinson, the former UNLV player, has been working on for like 10 years. Uh, first broke ground in 2014. Our buddies at Front Office Sports put out a story today. They're like, here we go. Uh, and 8 News Now had an interview with Jackie Robinson like, ground is breaking in October. We'll get into that. Finley Toyota. They'll do anything to sell you a car. No Toyota problem is too tough, too large, or too small. Keep your Toyota running like a Toyota.